Well, happy Mother's Day. Welcome to Crossroads. I'm so delighted to be with you today. Like Pastor Dwayne said, my name is Christine Inga Breston, and I am with Foster the Bay, regional director leading the movement of Foster the Bay in the East Bay region. So I am so grateful for the opportunity to stand in front of you on this Mother's Day. There's really no place I'd rather be, other than a massage table, perhaps, somewhere. <laughs> but I am so privileged to be here to do what I believe I'm born to do, and it, which is such a privilege as a woman across the world. Let me tell you, it's a privilege. For some in this space, this is a glorious day, and I celebrate that with you. For others, this can be one of the most painful days of the year. And I want to acknowledge that as well. Thank you for being here. You made it. Thank you for showing up. I pray that no matter where you find yourself today, that you will experience a fresh revelation of the love of God for you and his call on your, your one wild and precious life. That you would be aware of his goodness to you and his purpose in your life. Well, this is my family, um, and Doug, my husband there, is on the right, and these three kiddos make me a mama. As you might notice, there's quite a spread. 19-year-old Grace came to us the biological way, 12-year-old Kayla, and 2-year-old Isaac came to us through foster adoption. And I'm telling you, it's pretty challenging to mother children from such different life stages, right? I remember one day standing in the aisle at Target trying to figure out on what, if I should get a diaper genie or not while I was trying to pick out the dorm room for my oldest in college. And there was a fourth grade missions project on the kitchen table at home. <laughs> All these things converging, and sometimes it's overwhelming. I love what Ann Voskamp says. I'm so encouraged by this. A mother's labor and delivery never ends, and you have to keep remembering to breathe. Today, I hope that you can breathe in the goodness of God, the goodness of God that wants to touch every part of you. So would you pray with me as we get started? Lord, thank you for the goodness that flows from your heart to ours. Holy Spirit, breath of God, I pray that you would breathe life into everyone who sits in this space today. Hope, strength, encouragement, love, peace, and joy would flow from your heart to ours today. We pray that you would awaken us to your call on our lives that you would encourage the moms here, that you would encourage every single soul in this space by the power of your spirit. We give you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here at Crossroads, we've been going through this powerful series on bridging the great divide about how Jesus wants to break down every wall that divides us. I have the privilege today of talking about this tender area of the gender divide, specifically just dealing with the disparity that women experience in the world. In fact, I do count it, like I mentioned earlier, such a privilege to be standing here because there have been some contexts when I have approached the stage where people have left simply because I'm a woman. I remember hearing the story of Anne Graham Lotz, Billy Graham's daughter. She was invited to speak at a convention, and in protest, many of the folks there turned their chairs around with their back to her to make sure that they were aware that what she was doing, they thought, was wrong. Right here in America, right here in our communities, women face those kinds of just a disparity, not a freedom to be who God has created us to be, but that's not how it is here in this space, and I'm super grateful for that. When my husband Doug and I were dating, we read a book called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Anyone? Anyone? Yes. Back in the day, the 90s, baby. Yes. 
while there were some good insights in that book, in general, Doug and I never really fit the stereotypes. I remember one main, uh, the main differences that the author highlights is that women, when women want to talk, that men want to fix them. Now, this can often be the case, but I have found this to be more of a human condition than a male or female one. I've been in a lot of small groups with women where women are quick to fix each other and give advice and try to tie the story. Well, it's good. Here's a good little, let's just put this band-aid on it and wrap it up in a little bowl. It takes courage for any human being, male or female, to sit with someone in their story and resist the urge to fix, but to simply give someone the gift of listening. Human beings, this, what we do is we plan what we're going to say as we're listening, don't we? But what a gift it is when we can experience someone, male or female, who listens to us. In the same way, we read the book, uh, The Men Are Like Waffles and Women Are Like Spaghetti. Yes? <laughs> the idea here is that men keep everything in, in compartments, in boxes, and women, if for everything, is just connected and touching each other like spaghetti. In my marriage, I'm more the compartmentalized one. And Doug says he feels like his, his brain is like a computer screen with 50 different tabs open at the same time. I'm the one that will forget to get the milk on the way home, and he'll remember. And we think, well, what's wrong with us? Why don't I fit? What's wrong with me as a woman? I don't fit that. And he says, what's wrong with me as a man? I don't fit that. While these things can be great, they really help a lot of people come together and understand one another. It's easy for us to make generalizations. But here's the truth. There is no female prototype. There is no male prototype. There are only people. There are only people. Each of us are simply human beings made in the image of our God. Male and female, he created them. Everyone, a unique expression of God. You are a unique expression of God. I love this passage in Ephesians 2.10 that says, We have become his poetry. The Greek word there is poema. And it's often translated masterpiece, which is gorgeous too. Masterpiece. But I love the Passion Translation. That we have become his poetry. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny. And the good works we would do to fulfill it. Think about that for a moment. Do you think of yourself as poetry? You tell, just turn to the person next to you. I'm the poetry of God. Yeah, you don't want to do it. It's weird. But this is who you are. You are the poetry of God. He's going to release you into your sphere of influence. It's powerful. I love what Mark Batterson says, that your life is a unique translation of Scripture. When sin entered the world, we see how it devastated relationships, don't we? Right away, there in the garden with Adam and Eve, they immediately began to point fingers to one another. In, in Genesis chapter 3, you can read the story. Blame and shame are a part of our story now. Walls went up and the great divide was set in motion. The enemy began to wreak havoc in this beautiful world. And I don't know about you, but it certainly appears to me that the enemy has a special hatred for women. Women have experienced unthinkable oppression throughout history, my brothers and sisters. The evil one has been seeking, seeking to silence the voices of women of half of God's creation since the beginning of time. And even in this moment, across this world, women are experiencing unspeakable horrors simply for being female. As I prepared this message and was reading again in Half the Sky, it's a great book I would really encourage you that gives the problem and really some invitations to solution, half the sky. 
I was reminded of all these things happening and I wept. Quote from that book says, it appears that more girls have been killed in the last 50 years precisely because they were girls than men were killed in all the battles of the 20th century. In my work in foster care, some of the most heartbreaking realities impact the girls. As some of you have heard, 71%, 71% of girls who age out of foster care, never having been welcomed into a home, they will be pregnant by the time they're 21, often alone, and often repeating the same cycle that they have found themselves in when they were children. What I find to be most heartbreaking is this. Some of you have heard that 60% of the kids, the children, that were rescued out of a sex trafficking ring in 2013 were former foster youth. Most of those trafficked are girls. This is one of the main reasons that I've joined the movement of Foster the Bay, where our vision is a church for every child. We can actually do something about these statistics. Do you believe that we can do something about these statistics? We don't have to sit here and go, oh, that's so sad. We can actually engage and be a part of God's solution to some of the broken, the most broken stories in our communities. You were made for this. And so when I think about this, it overwhelms me with hope. Why don't we as the people of God target these same children with the love of Jesus, just like those traffickers target them in another way? Target them as sex slaves. We are invited to target these same loving, the same children with the love of Jesus. That's the invitation. If you sense any nudge around this issue of foster care, either being a foster parent or supporting a foster family, I would encourage you to pop by the table in the back and talk to you about that. I would love to talk to you. If the Holy Spirit is nudging you, come. Come and see what he has for you. Here's the good news. This is the gospel. Jesus came to reverse the curse. Jesus came to reverse the curse that sin and all the horrors of sin have brought into this world. And we, as his people, you, this community here at Crossroads, you're invited to be part of ushering in this kingdom, of setting things right, of bringing justice and peace and equality to every human being that bears his image. Jesus brought a new way of living that we see all throughout life, his life, in the revolutionary way that he treated women, welcoming them as his disciples, affirming them for sitting at his feet. My husband found this picture for me. He was deeply moved by this picture and the way that Jesus is interacting with these women. Sitting at the feet of a rabbi was unheard of for a woman at this time of history. And for Jesus to welcome them, he was based, rabbis would, would, they would have disciples sit at their feet, and those disciples then would become rabbis. So there is a sense in which Jesus is saying, whatever you learn, you are free to teach. This is powerful, revolutionary. I love what Jesus said. In that upper room discourse before he went to the cross, he said that those who believe in me, men and women, those who believe in me, that they will do even greater things than I did. Is that happening here in this world? Are we seeing, are we living in a reality that we are filled with the spirit, that we can move and see things that were greater than Jesus did? How powerful and exciting that is. I want to live in that story. And that is not limited to anyone. All of us filled with the spirit can live into that. When the Holy Spirit came, we see it in Acts chapter 2, and I want to read that to you today. The first part says, on the day of Pentecost, that was the first day that after Jesus ascended to heaven, this was a few days later, and, and the Holy Spirit showed up on this earth. 
On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues. Can you imagine that? Flames of to or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them their ability, his ability. Picking it up in verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. To prophesy is to speak on behalf of God with boldness. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I say, come Holy Spirit, fill us that we would move in your power. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. You are invited to live in the freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit who gives gifts to men and women in order to bring his kingdom of heaven to this earth moment by moment through his beautiful people. You are invited to be swept up into God's kingdom call on your life. There are no limits on you in the kingdom of Jesus, women or men, and there's no limits on you. Your past, God can, can completely write a new story we limit ourselves based on, because you know what we do? We look at ourselves. God's work is all about him working through us. So there are no limits on you. When you surrender yourself to him and say, I, all I have is yours. Yes, I give it to you. It's not about me, it's about you. It's the oldest, it is the oldest thing in the book for someone to say, I don't have, Moses said, God, pick someone else. I don't have, I don't have the right gifts to do this. Moses says this. And he led the people out of slavery. So let's stop making excuses and start saying yes to God's invitation. We don't have time today to go into all the passages of, of Scripture that have been interpreted in ways that limit women. Your pastor, Paul McGovern, has done that in messages in the past, and I'd encourage you to access those. When I spoke with him before he left on sabbatical, he said this to me, and I wrote it down. I want you to remind people that the role of women in this church is without limitations. I look at the biblical example of women in high-capacity leadership from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We don't believe God wants to exclude half the population. Here at Crossroads, we are organized by gifting and calling. We are not limited by race, age, gender, marital status. How it must break God's heart when we limit women. It is one of our core values here at Crossroads. Every member is a minister. And I can't tell you what this conversation meant to me personally given the experiences I've had in my journey as a woman in ministry. To sit across from your pastor and hear his blessing was personally meaningful for me. This is a beautiful space and a community to be a part of. I've been in some tough spaces. I've wrestled with Jesus about the way that he made me. Anyone else wrestled with Jesus about the way he made you? The what? I don't understand, God. I don't understand why you gave me all of this desire to lead and to you give me the gifts of prophecy and preaching and, then, and, and I'm not sure if I'm free to use them. And as I was coming to terms what I, to, the, to my own, to the way God made me, I was sitting there in this red chair in Colorado and I sensed the presence of God, which is the most beautiful experience in the world, to sense the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. And he dropped this passage that I love right into my lap in Psalm 139. 
And he said to me through this passage something so beautiful, right? For you, the psalmist says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I sense God saying, I chose you for all that I have called you to. I put the things, I didn't give you the gift of helps like you, your mom has. I didn't give you the gift of mercy like your husband has. Not that I don't have to help or, or extend mercy. Of course, we are all invited to that. But he said, I have put in you these, these gifts. And I wanted you to embody them as a woman in your femininity. I wanted that for you. And in the way he says that to me, what is he saying to you? What is he saying to you? That I knit you together. I picked. And then I picked where to plant you and where to put you. For my good and glorious purposes. I can't tell you the joy and the freedom, the love that washed over me as I began to receive and soak and believe this. See, in this kingdom community that Jesus ushers in and that Crossroads is invited to live into is this picture we see in Galatians 3.28. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Pastor Ed paused a couple of weeks ago in this series in the racial divide topic. He unpacked this beautifully. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. But what's so powerful to me about this statement of freedom that Paul, the author of Galatians, says is that it's directly, to me, I, I see it directly addressing this, this prayer. The Jewish men at the t this time in history would pray, blessed are you, O God, basically thank God that you didn't make me a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. And here we see Paul saying, actually, actually, this is the new way. These categories no longer exist. Jesus breaks down every wall because people build walls of division. People build walls of division, but Jesus builds bridges of unity. In fact, my brothers and sisters, we all know that Jesus broke so many walls down and broke so many rules of societal norms that he was killed for it. But death could not keep him. Death could not keep him. His resurrection power is drumming through not only him, but through your body, through your spirit, through your mind, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, it's better if I go. You know, the disciples, they were so sad he was going to leave them. And he said, oh, it's better if I leave, my brothers and sisters, because when I leave, you get this gift. You get the Holy Spirit who will live in you and empower you to be all that I have made you to be. This is what you have access to. Are we living, I think one of the greatest one of the greatest things I see in the churches that I visit across this county is the sense of not understanding that this incredible calling that we have. The enemy wants us to sleep, my brothers and sisters. The enemy wants us to sleep and apathetic to the truth that we have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living in us. Let us move in that power. Yes. We, like Jesus, are invited to break down the walls that divide us by the power of this Spirit. And those of us who have more power need to use our power for those with less power. This is in every context, in the racial context. This is why it moved me so much to sit across from Pastor Paul, a white man in the church. He has more power, right? to say, oh, you're free, Christine, you're free, I bless you. How beautiful that is, and how grateful.
Jesus said that the world would know we belong to him because of our love for each other, our unity, our oneness. The enemy is all about trying to divide us. If you think about your story, think about the hardest parts of your story. Isn't a lot of it the enemy trying to divide you from people in your life in some way? This, this I re really believe, is one of his main missions because this is what Jesus prayed for in that same passage in John. I pray that they would be one, Father, as we are one. He wanted us to show and express that oneness so that the world would know. The world doesn't know that we belong to him because we sin less. <laughs> Whoa, what? Yes. The world knows that we belong to him because of our love for one another. And so if we're so busy loving, we don't have time to sin. See, it goes together. <laughs> no, we always make time. We make time, don't we? Jesus offers you freedom. He offers you freedom to live and move in the power of the Spirit with the gifts he's given you. So you don't have to play small. You don't get to play small. You don't get to play small. Women, you are meant for more than the rules that the world puts on you. The world tells you to shrink. Jesus says, I want you to shine. When I consider the way that God desires to restore this world, to make all things new, to bring his kingdom of heaven to this earth, can you imagine how powerful followers of Jesus could be if we allowed God to break this gender divide and all the brokenness that comes from it? If women, men and women would fully partner together in mutual submission and love and respect and truth, we could change the world by the power of the Spirit. All people, all people. As followers of Jesus, this is our invitation to break down these barriers, to show this present world what the new kingdom world that Jesus brought, what it looks like. It looks like this, no Greek or Jew, no slave or free, male or female, but Christ is all and is in all. So I want to give you a few invitations in response, ways that we can live into this freedom. The first, refuse to compare yourself. Refuse to compare yourself. Galatians 6 says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Isn't that powerful? I love Danielle Strickland's quote. Everyone is so busy and so desperate to fit the grid of a perfect life that they miss the real one. They miss God's celebration of diversity, the lovely, color-filled spectrum of people of all shapes and sizes and conditions. Some single, some married, some divorced, some tall, others round, some broken, and some not so much. Some are independent and fierce, and others are sensitive and caring. And all of them are invited to change the world. And when I say change the world, it's like, oh, I can't change the world. You should see my life. I'm talking about the world that God has placed you in. God has placed you in a world, a sphere of influence. He's given you something that I don't have, that no one else in this room has, only you. A certain sphere of influence. There's people that you can touch that no one else in the world has access to the way you do. That's the world I'm talking about. We don't have to think about changing the world all the way up. We think, we're so, we just think it's way too big. It's always about the small things. It's always about the small things. The people that have had impact in your life, think about it. Most of us in this room don't know them. We wouldn't recognize their names. <laughs> and yet they change the course of your story. God wants you to change your world. Mamas in this room, stop comparing yourself to other mamas. 
oh, I do that. I have probably had more struggles around comparison with my journey as a mom than any other journey. Because there is this prototype that we all think of, and it's on Pinterest, right? <laughs> and it's this idea of what I'm supposed to be. I don't have to be, you don't have to be anyone else than yourself. Now, I'm not talking about the dark shadow side of yourself. Let's surrender that to Jesus and offer that to him. But even that is part of what is going to shape your kiddos, is your shadow side. <laughs> but here's the thing. You are called to your children. God handpicked you to be the mother of your child, and he handpicked that child to be yours. He wants something to happen there. You have everything you need by the power of the Spirit. And guess what? If you don't have everything you need, the God of the universe, Ephesians tells us, he has unlimited resources, Ephesians 3. And guess that God, you have access to a God who has unlimited resources. So anything you need, you reach up and you receive it from him by the power of his Spirit living in you. All right. Instead of comparing... Be inspired by those around you. When you see someone living into their gifting, you allow that to breathe life into your dreams. Thirdly, celebrate the gifts of others. Speak words of life and encouragement over each other. I really believe that we as parents are writing the stories of our children's lives by the words that we speak over them. What story are you writing on your child's life by the words that you speak. We have so much power. Proverbs says that life and death is in the tongue. James says our tongue, James 3 says our tongue is like fire. And we all know how devastating one spark can be. One spark can, can bring so much destruction. Let's use our words to celebrate other people, to build them up. Scripture talks so much about building one another up. And a lot of times that's in a context of restorative building up. That we're restoring broken places by speaking life. Live into your calling. Live into your calling is the next invitation. Some of you have a dream that God has planted in your heart. Do you have a dream that's planted in your heart? Maybe you forgot because it's just like, there's so many layers covering it. So much stuff. But it's in there. I think one thing... um, you know, all of us have this heart song that God's put in us when he knit us together. All of us have something. And it can be overwhelming to think about it. In fact, when we hear all this stuff about the world and how broken it is, what do you, it's paralyzing, isn't it? Well, what can I do? What can I do about this? And I think what we do is instead of taking the next step that God invites us into, and you ask that, Holy Spirit, what is the next step you're inviting me into to address this this burning passion I have. What we do is we, we say, oh, I can't do the 10th step, therefore I won't do the first step. You don't have to worry about step two, three, four, through 10, or 50 right now. You don't have to worry about any of that. All you have to do is say yes and take that one step. That's all you have to do. And then you wait on God to give you the grace and the power to move into the next step. Because guess what? You don't have what you need for the 10th step now. That is going to come to you when you need to take the 10th step. So don't, don't, don't not start because you don't think you can finish. Oh, when I think about what God could do if every single person that I'm looking at right now said yes to that first invitation of the Spirit and just continued with another yes and another yes and another yes to change this community.
mamas in this room, what you're doing, it matters. Um, and one thing that I, I love this picture, it says when a woman shows up and does her brave thing, she actually wins a thousand other battles because she's making a thousand other women brave. Some of you mamas are doing this at home, raising your babies full time. Some are pouring your life into your babies and your work, work that you love. Some work that you don't love, but you gotta pay the bills. Some of you <laughs> are in a season um, of your kids are grown. So wherever you are, God has planted you for his kingdom and filled you with the spirit that all the fruit of the spirit would flow and drop off the tree of your beautiful life. What you're doing, moms, it matters. It matters profoundly. Oh, man. When I look at mothers with their babies and their toddlers and their elementary-aged kiddos and their teenagers, and when I see mamas with their grown kids and their grandkids, it's literally one of the most beautiful things in the world, isn't it? But I know that for many of you, there's pain around this place, and all of us have painful places in our story. Some of the women in this room have survived things that if we were aware of them, we would want to give her a standing ovation just for getting out of bed. But I want to remind you of this. God is all about redeeming the darkest parts of our stories, of bringing beauty in place of ashes, replacing mourning with dancing. He can take your life and shape it into something beautiful, even in its brokenness. One of my favorite passages is at the end of Genesis, where Joseph is speaking to his brothers who have sold him into slavery. But because of that, he was in the right time at the right place. Joseph's words are powerful, and may they be yours in the hardest places of your story, to the people who've been what feels like the villains of your story. Genesis 50:20. you intended this to harm, but God intended it for good. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Years ago, the enemy tried to take me out through secondary infertility. He literally tried to, try to destroy me, to lie to me. He hissed lies to my spirit. God is not good. You cannot trust him. He doesn't answer prayer. He doesn't keep his promises. Lies, lies, lies based on my grief. They were valid. My feelings were valid. The reality of that truth were lies. Satan came and he, Satan loves to come in in our weak areas and hiss. He is a hisser, and he's also a rodent that we can stomp out by the power of the spirit who lives in us. So <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. All right. <laughs> when God um, used this darkness in my story to release me into mothering children through foster care, as many of you have heard, I never imagined that I would be a foster parent because I, I don't fit what I believe to be the prototype of a foster parent. So I don't want you to talk yourselves out of this. Oh, it's not the right season. Oh, I'm not a young family. Guess what? Sometimes young families are not the most ideal situations for kiddos that come from hard places. Sometimes an empty nest or a single mama who's always wanted to be a mother, a single dad. Don't write it off just because it doesn't fit the picture of what you thought. Plan to be surprised, which is the theme of my life. Plan to be surprised. Not only has he released me into mothering these children through foster care, but he's also given me this privilege of leading this movement. <laughs> when I see children going into families and I hear of people meeting Jesus, I think of the scripture. You intended it to harm me, but God intended it for good, the saving of many lives. Saving of many lives. What does he want to do through your story? The enemy. No, he has no power here. There's no power. What is the but God of your story? What is the but God of your story? 
I invite you to surrender your story. If we hold on tight and we say, I don't, nope, 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 can't go there, can't give that to you. There's no way you could redeem that. God says, open up those hands. Surrender your story. I want to take all the broken pieces and shape them into something so exquisitely beautiful. And I want to remind you that every moment is new because God's love and grace continually flows to you. Turn the page. Allow God to write a new chapter, new chapter in your relationships, new chapter in your life. Every one of you in this room, every single one of you has been gifted and called for such a time as this. You woke up this morning, you have purpose. God has planted you like a seed for his kingdom in your community at this time in history, and he has knit you together, and he is ready to release you, so don't let anything divide you from partnering with each other. and Don't let anything hold you back. Tear down the walls of the power of the Spirit and build bridges where the walls once stood. Jesus, we thank you that you are the one who breaks every wall down. I pray that every single person that sits in this room would live in the freedom and the calling that you have on his, on her life. That you would speak life to dead places. You are a God of resurrection. And with you, resurrection is always in the air. So we pray that your resurrection would hover by your spirit over every dead place in this room. And that you would breathe your life and dry bones would come alive. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.